I'm Dr. Sarah Stewart, the owner of Cibolo Family Medicine. I started this practice in order to provide personalized care and treat patients like family. Enjoy same-day visits, no waiting, and personalized care. We have locations in Bernie and San Antonio. Join with a personal family or business plan. Visit CibeloFM.com to learn more and give us a call at 830-428-2500. We look forward to caring for you at Cibolo Family Medicine, CibeloFM.com. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. Godandourdogs.com Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow. Spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Stories shared on God and Our Dogs bring aha moments. Aha moments transform us as we begin to see ourselves from God's perspective. Trusting and relying on God renews, creates, and elevates our lives. You can find us at GodandOurDogs.com. Click follow on God and Our Dogs page on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks to the folks at Wheeler's Western Outfitters for a great spot to record our show. Our guest today is Dr. Sherry Spear. Dr. Spear is a retired veterinarian and clinic owner. She is loyal, thoughtful, measured, sentimental, and courteous. Best of all, her dogs would introduce her as my provider. Welcome, Sherry. Hi. We're so glad you're with us today. Well, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Well, you've been around dogs for a long time, okay. both professionally and personally. Yep. And you grew up in Venezuela. I did. And had dogs there as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I really only had one dog down there. Uh, I guess I was in middle school, and my parents broke down and got us a dog, and uh, we had Clyde from the time I was probably in fourth grade until we moved back to the United States and Clyde came with us. Cool. Quite an experience for Clyde traveling back to the States. It was quite an ordeal for him, but he made it back. And uh, then he was with us several years after we came back to AIDS, but he was just a little rascal. Actually, he was very protective of my brother and I. Uh, we used to kind of pick on my mother and we would hit her a little bit and pretend like she was hitting us and he would attack her instead of us, which she didn't appreciate that much. I'm sure she didn't. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he was a protector for me and my brother, and he was little. He was probably only 20 pounds, Uh but he was very ferocious. Um, We didn't keep him penned up the way we should, and he would chase all of the trucks and buses in the neighborhood, and he got hit a couple of times. My parents weren't very good about keeping him up, but... He survived, and he lived to be 13 years old. Oh, wow. What kind of dog was he? He was a dachshund mix. Oh, a dachshund. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, here in Bernie, Texas, we're dachshund lovers. Uh, You know. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, that is really fun that you had a dachshund growing up. Did he inspire you to want to become a veterinarian? You know, actually, it wasn't him. So we walked to school every day. And there was a corner where there was this stray dog, and she was deaf. 
and I always had it in my mind that these mean boys must have set off firecrackers next to her head mm-hmm. and caused her to go deaf. Yeah. And she was truly the reason that I decided I wanted to be a veterinarian is because I felt like she was injured by those boys and, you know, I wanted to fix dogs. And uh-huh. so that's really the very first time I remember wanting to be a veterinarian. Well, you certainly accomplished that goal, both yeah. as a veterinarian and someone that made sure that there was a place to take your dog right. well, and your cat too. But yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Well, you said something really interesting to me when we were talking about the show, and that is that a house is not home without a dog. So what from your personal experience with dogs and, and your experience as a veterinarian kind of help you come to that conclusion? My first real dog was when I was in veterinary school or right before I started veterinary school. And I adopted a dog while I was in college. And, you know, she was just always there for me. And then when I graduated as a veterinarian, I was still single. And so I lived alone and I had Toby and, you know, I'd get home and there she was ready to greet me and, you know, just just my companion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, if I'd gone home to an empty home, it it wouldn't have been the same. So to me, having a dog really is, what gives you pleasure, you know, that can also be a little bit of rascals in themselves also, but I just like having dogs. And I've had cats and I like cats too, but I really like dogs. Yes, yes. Well, tell us a little bit about Toby. She was a pretty um, important dog in your life, she? was wasn't very she? important. She was um, my first real dog that I had for a long time. I had her for 15 years wow. and I adopted her um, when I was the year before I got into veterinary school. And she was sick. She had an upper respiratory infection and I got her from a shelter and, you know, got her well and um, had her through veterinary school. And then when I moved to Fort Worth and became a veterinarian, I adopted another dog. So I had two at that time. And, you know, they were just my companions. And Toby was one that, for lack of a better word, adored me. And, you know, we just had this connection. And um, I got to where I would play hide-and-seek with her and and Nikki, and they knew it was a game. Like, I could make them sit, and I would go hide, and then when I was hidden, I would call them, and they would come, and Toby would have her nose straight up in the air. She knew it was a game, and she would just be wagging her tail, looking all over for me, and it was just, it was fun, you know? And she was like my friend when I didn't have anybody that I was living with. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, um, we ended up having her for 15 years. I had her after I got married and after I had kids, and um, she was just part of the family. Yeah. So what kind of dog was she? She was a collie mix. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, probably about 40, 50 pounds, a tan and white, um, and just the sweetest personality. Mm -hmm. Super, super sweet. As a veterinarian, what would you recommend to people if they were considering adopting a pet out of a rescue? Well, what we've always done, or at least the last few times, um, all of our pets except one has come from a rescue. And the last few times that we've gotten a rescue dog, the dog that we have, to the rescue place and let them run around in the yard to be sure that they're going to have a connection. Um, Because, you know, you want them to get along. And if take one home, most of the time you could take them back probably. But you just want to make sure that they you know, work together. Now, if you don't have another dog, it's not going to be as big of a deal. It's just 
basically whatever dog seems to connect with you only. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you have other dogs, it's it can be good to take that dog with you so that they get along as well. I hadn't really thought about that. Are most rescues open to that idea? The last couple that we've gotten have been here in Bernie. And okay. so, you know, they have a yard and they let you bring your dog. And then if you've got a dog that think you want to adopt, you can take it out in the yard with yours. Because my husband had seen a dog and he's like, oh, I found this great dog. And he and this dog evidently seemed to hit it off. But when we took our dog that we already had up there, the hackles went up. It was not a good fit for the dog we already had. So it was like, okay, this isn't going to work. So we went back a couple of weeks later, and then Annie was there. Annie and Clara really clicked. And so we adopted Annie. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What other kinds of considerations should people have when considering adopting a dog? Well, I think they need to think about the space that that dog's going to require. Some dogs need a lot of yard. Some dogs are just couch potatoes and don't need anything but an apartment. You know, if you've got a small dog, they're much easier to be in a garden home or an apartment or a condo. If you're going to get a big dog that's like a herding dog or um, something like that, then you definitely need to have space for them to run and expel energy. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I think if they don't have the opportunity to expel energy, they can become destructive. You know, mm-hmm. they're trying to get their energy out somewhere else. Right. What about from a health standpoint? What kinds of things should people look for? Well, I think many breeds, I'm not going to say all breeds, but many pure breeds have specific diseases that are common to the breed. So I think it's good to be familiar with that to some degree because some of those diseases can cost a lot of money to address Mm -hmm. and some of those diseases can cut those dogs' lives short or make them have permanent ailments that you'll have to live with. So, you know, purebred dogs, I think in general, you don't run into that as much, honestly. You know, we've only ever had one purebred dog in my whole life and I've had 15 dogs. Yeah. And she was a wonderful dog. I loved her, but she had the shortest life. She did develop what the breed was prone to and I only had her for eight years. Yeah, that's sad. You know, I think purebreds tend to probably have those diseases Mm -hmm. show up more. Yeah. Well, before we learn a little bit more about Clara, who just kind of alluded to, and some of your other dogs, we need to take a little bit of break. I'd love to tell you and our listeners about our sponsor today, Cibolo Family Medicine. Cibolo Family Medicine really does provide care the same day. I've been a patient ever since Dr. Sarah Stewart opened the practice five years ago. When Cibolo Family Medicine says personalized care, they really mean it. Whether in person, by phone, text, or email, I get the answers I need when I need them. Visit the website CibeloFM.com or give them a call at 830-428-2500. See how they can help you, your family, or your business. That's CibeloFM.com for Cibolo Family Medicine. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Cibolo Family Medicine, Wheeler's Western Outfitters, Kendall County Abstract, Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning, and Cibolo Creek Vet Hospital. Because of them, we get to give one of our lucky listeners a treat each month. This month, it is a $100 Amazon gift card. Go to our website, GodandOurDogs.com to enter. The winner will be announced there at the end of each month. That's GodInOurDogs.com for an Amazon gift card treat. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. 
is Greg Crum, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. We are back on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Joining us today is Dr. Sherry Spear, retired veterinarian and clinic owner. Before the break, Dr. Spear told us about the important role dogs can play in our lives. Plus, she described the relationship with her rescue, Toby, a border collie mix and deer companion. So you've had some other dogs as well. Tell us a little bit about Tiny. Tiny. So Tiny was a patient that belonged to a single mother. And the very first time I saw Tiny, he was a puppy and he had a significant heart murmur. Mm. And a significant heart murmur in a puppy is usually a significant disease process. So I encouraged her to go get that checked out, and she did. But at the time, this was probably 18 years ago. So at the time, ultrasonography in veterinary medicine was not what it is today. And the ultrasonographer couldn't pinpoint exactly what the nature of the problem was. So she recommended going to A&M. At the time, that was the specialty referral, and getting it looked at more closely. Well, she never did. And when she came in a year and a half later for follow-up, he was still okay, but he still had the horrible heart murmur, and she decided she was going to put him to sleep because she was a single mother, couldn't afford it, you know, didn't want to see him get sick. She had a son and didn't want him to see him get sick. And so I said, well, you know, somebody might want to adopt him and take him and have him fixed. And so she said, okay, well, you can have him. So she gave him to me, and my goal was to find a home for him. Well, once Tiny was put in a cage, he sort of became a little land shark, as Uh-oh. chihuahuas often can become, but uh, he loved me. I would walk in, and he would just wag his tail, and he just loved me. So guess what? <laughs> he became mine. Yeah. So naturally, I was going to take him to A&M and get his heart disease fixed, and so he, he had a coil put in his heart to plug a hole, mm-hmm. and he was about probably a year and almost two years old at that point. And we had him till he was 15 years old. So it was a successful surgery. Yeah, He just had a special place in my heart because he chose me and I loved him dearly. And I was his person. And at one point when he was probably about 11, 10 or 11, he got out of my husband's truck, unbeknownst to my husband. And when my husband got home and realized he wasn't there, he went back to the last place he was stopped and he was nowhere to be found, and it was right by the highway. Oh, dear. So, of course, we were, you know, really, I was really traumatized. And um, so we put up signs everywhere trying to get him back. And five days later, someone called me and said, I've seen your sign. I think I have your dog. Oh, And sure enough, it was tiny. And so, you know, we got him back. And uh, I expected him to be all excited to see me when I went to the house, but he was traumatized as well. It was just, you know, I think he didn't know what was happening and everything. And uh, so I got him back and, you know, we kept him with us the whole weekend. We were going to A&M to a football game and we took him with us because we were going in our RV and, and he got the treatment that weekend. And anyway, all was well. So yeah. we had him another five years or so. Oh, that must have been such a relief to find him. It that was. was not your first experience with a lost dog, no, was it? it wasn't. Um, years before we had had a little dog who got out during a thunderstorm when we lived in San Antonio and unfortunately we never found her but I looked for her she would have been 30 years old and I was still looking for her because it's so hard not knowing yeah you know what's happened to him yeah well you know that really reminds me of the um, parables that are actually about lost things Mm -hmm. lost coin lost sheep 
a right. lost son. Right. And uh, you know, the a lady searched and searched and found her lost coin mm-hmm. and celebrated. Um, I bet you felt felt that way when you oh. found Tiny. Oh yes, it was wonderful. I was elated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it makes me think about the lost sheep. How sad, you know, it must feel to leave the flock behind and, and go look for that lost dog. And right, you know, because at that yeah. time we had four dogs and two cats. You know, but Nikki was part of the family. Yes, and, of course. You know, so. I, I can see now, you know, when God went to look for that, or Jesus went to look for the lost sheep, one out of a hundred, it matters. Yeah, it does. Gosh, that really tells us so much about how much we're loved, right. doesn't it? It does. Yeah, if we love our dogs that much. Exactly. How much more God loves us. Yes, he does. Yeah, Without that's a true. doubt. Yeah. So um, you talked a little bit about Clara before the break. Tell us a little bit about her. Well, as I mentioned, Clara was the only dog we ever bought. I had always wanted a boxer. So we bought Clara when she was six weeks old, and she was hard-headed from the day we bought her. And just a force of nature. Like, I've taken all my dogs to obedience training. And I took her to obedience training, and she was, teacher said she was the smartest dog in the class. But she was so hard-headed that she would not stop jumping on people when they came to the house. Like, it was, I never did break her of that. She just wanted to greet everybody. But she was also very protective. And I know that had somebody tried to do anything to harm me, she would have had him down in a minute. She loved me, and I think she loved Jack too as much, but she was just a protective dog. And um, we just loved her a lot. And um, unfortunately, at eight years old, she did get a brain tumor, which boxers are prone to. And so it was very hard to lose her. Yeah, I can only imagine, especially being a veterinarian, you feel like, gosh, there has to be something I can do. Yeah, and yes. sometimes there just isn't anything. There isn't a lot, you know, for brain tumors. I mean, they're, if they're superficial, sometimes they can be removed. But generally, it's most people, it's thousands of dollars. And, you know, it's not even a given that they will be cured. So a lot of money to mm-hmm. spend on that. Thinking back about all these dogs that you've had, and they've become part of your family. You have two daughters, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they both love the dogs as well. Yes. So it really did make it a home, didn't it? It did. Yeah. So, you know, it makes me think about, too, can we use that same idea about a house is not a home without dogs? Can we think about that in relationship with God? Can our house be a home without God in it? Well, not in my opinion. Um, I mean, I... I have, I was brought up in the church, and, and I'm not going to say I didn't stray a little during my high school and college years, I think as many young people probably do, but I'm always thankful for my parents and grandparents who were Christians, and I have a great admiration for Christians that come to God as an adult and were not even exposed to it as a young person. I, I just think that's wonderful, but thankfully I was, and, and you know I came home to my Christian roots, and... I don't see how people go through life without God there for them. What do you think the benefits are? What have you seen the benefits? Well, all of us are going to have challenges in our life. And I think that God is there to help guide us through those challenges and to support us through those challenges and to love us through those challenges. I feel very sad for people that I know that don't have God in their life. And I worry about them, that they won't have that peace that you have in knowing that God and Jesus Christ are there for you and that you will eventually 
when you leave this earth, go to heaven Mm -hmm. and have eternal life. I think dogs can help us too understand because we've played that role as a provider for them and we've comforted them and they've comforted us. There's been nurture uh, as far as the growth in the relationship. Can we see those very same characteristics playing out in our homes with God? I think so, yes. I mean, it's in how you treat your children, how you treat your spouse, how you treat your friends, how you try to comport yourself and what you say, what you do, even what you think. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, I really shouldn't go there. I feel like having God in your life uh, just makes you a better person and Although that's not the primary reason you have God in your life, you have God in your life because you believe that Jesus died for your sins, but I think it makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. Just, so it really is relying on God the way that our dogs rely on yes. us, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, Dr. Spear, prior to the show, you made a really interesting observation. Um, you said that so many Christians say, God won't give you more than you can handle. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that said. Yeah, me too. And uh, that you told me you disagreed with that. Um, Tell me what you think that should really be. I feel like it should it should be that God is there to help you handle what you're given in this world. Um, Because we're all going to face sin, temptation, pain, sorrow. And if we don't have God there to help us through it, then very difficult. And I don't feel like God gives us that all of the stuff that we're given, he's more there to help us through it. We have free will. Right. He's given us the ability to have free will. He's not making us love him. And if he's not going to make us love him, then we have free will, right? Right. There's there's really sorrowful things in this world, you know, crime, hate, division. And so he's going to help us through that. But he doesn't give us that necessarily. Mm -hmm. And when people say God doesn't give us more than we can handle, it basically makes me feel like they're blaming God for all the bad things in their life. And I feel like God is there to help us through those things. He's not Mm -hmm. giving them to us. Yeah. And what's more than you can handle? I mean, we've all had kind of crummy things happen along the way. And sometimes you feel like you're just never going to get through it on your own. Right. So if He's not going to give you, quote unquote, more than you can handle. What does that even mean? You know, it's not really defined, is it? No, it's not. So I just feel like with God in your life, everything is so much more clear as far as a path to get through things and have hope and peace. And peace for me is the one of the biggest things um, with having God in my life, because I feel like no matter what happens, I know what's going to happen when I leave this world. And so I can get through anything as long as I have God, because I know where I'm going when I leave this world. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really important to remember, too, that um, even Paul didn't have every single prayer answered, did he? He still had that thorn, uh, which, you know, we're not quite sure. Right. You were thinking it might have been I think uh, I think I've heard you know some interpretation that it was he didn't have good eyesight Mm -hmm. and whether that's true or not I don't know yeah well and in that whole story he does talk about um, that he he's just going to learn to be content in his weakness because 
where he's weak, God can be strong. Right. And people can see that Paul is weak. And if these things um, that he's able to do, he can do in God's strength, not his own. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to sometimes think that you have to do it all on your own. Yes. That there's nobody around that can help you. And that's, that's a bad trap to fall into. It is. I think we should all depend on Christ to help us through this life. Um, and I think that's what gives us joy uh, for me. It gives me joy. Yeah. yeah. And that joy comes from comfort. It comes from finding other maybe small provisions that you can build on to get through whatever the crisis is. It's it's a complicated world we live in. It is. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, sure, it sure is. Yeah. Well, it's so nice to know that we can rely on God, that it you know, we can see that in our dogs. We were talking about that earlier, mm-hmm. that by having that comfort and that provision and that nurture that is in our home, we can see God in all that. I believe we can. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dr. Spear, thank you so much. I appreciate that insight because that, I think that's, that's something that we need to think about because it seems like there are stories, it doesn't matter what year it is. There are always stories in the news, and you wonder, how are those poor people going to get through that? Exactly, yeah. Prayer does make a difference, it doesn't does. it? It does. It does. Yeah. It's not just an empty saying. No. Well, it's been so much fun having you with us today, Dr. Sherry Sphere. Well, I've enjoyed it. And um, we were talking some about rescues earlier, and I know you've been very impressed by a rescue in, out of San Antonio. What's the name? Well, the group is called... Uh, Tracy's Paws, and I know the um, founder personally. Um, She is a wonderful woman. She has a passion for rescuing dogs, and what she does is she goes to shelters throughout the South Texas area and um, collects dogs that would probably otherwise be euthanized, and she cleans them up and makes sure that they're placeable and makes sure they're healthy, and then she actually goes all over the United States with transport vans and these dogs are already adopted before they get to their location. Oh my goodness. So people wow. adopt them online without ever having seen them in person or mm-hmm. however that in dog, but they already have a home when she goes to wherever it is she goes to, they've they've already got a home. Isn't that cool? So, so if listeners wanted to learn more about it, they probably have a website. Yes, uh, I believe it's Tracy's Paws well, at least Google it. and it's, Yes, um, definitely. You'll find it. And okay. she's got a Facebook uh, page also. But she's she's just a fabulous person, and she's dedicated. Um, she's got a place that she is building, a huge place. It's not finished yet, um, where she can have more dogs to get placed for adoption. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, Tracy's Paws. So yes, we'll have Tracy's to, Paws. We'll have to look into that Yes, one. wonderful place. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Well, you're welcome. Well, before we close today, I'd like to leave with a thought to ponder. Yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. I can't imagine my home without my dogs. They are so special to me. And if I'm special to God in the same way, how can God become a bigger part of my home? Maybe by spending more time with him and learning about him just like I have with my dogs. Let me know what you think after pondering. Email stories at godandourdogs.com. Here's a bonus thought to ponder. 
How is your dog relying on you today? Maybe God wants you to rely on him the same way. This is Meg Greer, and you've been listening to God and Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show later on our website or your favorite podcast site. In fact, please subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss a show. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs and click follow. Subscribing and following helps the show spread the word about relying on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. I'm Dr. Sarah Stewart, the owner of Cibolo Family Medicine. I started this practice in order to provide personalized care and treat patients like family. Enjoy same-day visits, no waiting, and personalized care. We have locations in Bernie and San Antonio. Join with a personal family or business plan. Visit CibeloFM.com to learn more and give us a call at 830-428-2500. We look forward to caring for you at Cibolo Family Medicine, CibeloFM.com.